Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast coming to you fresh and ready for a UFC 289 breakdown, picks, predictions, everything you could possibly want is going to be here in this episode. I am Matt McSweeney. This is the Hot Take Hot Box, Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. I am with Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's a beautiful Friday. It's a little too hot, but you know, welcome to sunny Florida where um, it's just going to be hot all the time. There's nothing you can well, do. Well, the haze has left the Delaware Valley, uh, and that's where, <laughs> where I reside. It has the been ugly, wildfires, all sorts of uh, just nasty nastiness outside. You couldn't even go outside to do anything because it's just unhealthy. The air quality <laughs> level is at all time record highs or not goods. And, what a world. Uh, it's been pretty crazy, but we are not here to discuss what is going on. We are here to discuss UFC 289. Amanda Nunes. Defending the belt for, uh, you know, it's not was going to be the second consecutive time after she lost it to uh, Juliana Pena. Julia. Was supposed to fight Juliana Pena in this fight, but she dropped out with a injury thank of some sort. God. And yeah, thank I God for the say, viewing yeah. pleasure. It's just going to be better to watch a new uh, contender fight her, and that's Irene Irene Aldana, fourteen and six. Uh, she is. Based off the odds, a minus 350 favorite, that being Amanda Nunes, a plus 260 uh, underdog. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there because I'm already thinking, what am I going to do here? We kind of discussed this a little bit beforehand. It's just the instinct to not fade Amanda Nunes. It's just, listen, at some point, like we, the Juliana Pena day did come. Uh, you know, she's we. She has broken one of my uh, other rules that, or one of our rules that we've discussed on here. She does mention, or she's been mentioning retirement a little bit, and we don't usually like that in fighters because it just it, it's it's a bad sign of things to come, right? Yeah. Anytime you're talking about that, it doesn't mean you have one foot out the door. But uh, she's 35, right? And I don't know what the record is. I, we talked about before uh, the record of uh, fighters who are 35 plus. In title fights from the 135 pound division to 170 in in, in men's like two and 28, uh, and both are Tyron Woodley. I don't know what it is in women's, but she's definitely over the hill, right? I think that's kind of fair yeah. to say. Even in the rematch against Juliana, she didn't get her out of there. Um, you know, she was doing some good things, right? She dropped her, and you know, Juliana did a whole uh, you know helicopter or whatever the fuck that was, but she didn't finish her. And I really thought, I, I really thought it would have been easy ish to, to get her out of there and then in the first fight with her i mean that you know was it halfway through the second she was gassed so yeah there's definitely some issues uh with her i mean she used to have a very um i don't want to say she had she she was a quitter but she did have quit in her and i think she's she always had you know she's been finished before she always kind of had gas tank issues uh, even going back to when she fought sarah diolelio uh and that chick was very low level you know they, they run it back any any time after that and she gets smoked so um, seven, I think she's had seven title defenses. This would be her eighth. She's lost her belt, uh, once or twice, right? Just once, uh, I yeah. think she, just once. So, um, yeah, she's been upset. She's pulled off the upset. She's kind of just been there, done that. She beat Valentino when they were younger. Um, you know, she's kind of taken on all comers. She knocked out Holly Holm with her 
patented head kick, uh, which was just, you know, that was just brutal. Uh, the cyborg fight, how could anybody forget that? Uh, I didn't see that coming. I don't think anybody did. No. Um, that was a I was long time upset. ago. It was a long time ago. It was. And I think that's when she had something to prove, right? That was the upset of the year in 2018. Yeah. Um, you fast forward, you know, and then after that, she fought Jermaine Durandamy, uh, Felicia Spencer, Megan Anderson. Just really, you know, nothing um, tantalizing about what she could do going forward. She, I saw somebody posted something. It was like, who do you want to fight with, train with? And um, I forget what the other one was. Be friends with. And she said she won out of three fighters, and it was like Valentina, Whaley, and somebody else. And she said she wanted to fight Valentina. I still want that fight to happen. I, I just don't know if it has the same allure that it used to. You know what I mean? Like, everybody wanted the third fight, even though Amanda's 2-0. But she didn't, you know, they were both close. And that first fight, I don't think she won. So it would still be nice to see, but it seems like they both have, obviously, Valentina losing to Alexa Grasso. And now Amanda's fighting a Rene Aldana, Alexa Grasso's best friend. I feel like the odds kind of reflect that. Like, people want to be right. They want to be the one who bet on a Rene Aldana, just like they were the ones that bet on Alexa Grasso and Juliana Pena and Holly Holm. You know what I mean? And you but liked Alexa Grasso in that fight. I did. I did. I just, you know, I, I think Valentina has more holes than, than Amanda. Um, I think Amanda, you know, you, you get Amanda in, into, into some deep water or if she's not uh, focused, she, you know, she might be easier to to uh, take advantage of, but I think just in general, at full full uh, you know full speed, I think her and Valentina, I think she has uh, less openings than Valentina. Um, but either way, they can you know anything can happen. Um, I guess I'll just give my prediction. I think Amanda finishes her on the ground. I think she gets her in a rear naked choke, some kind of armbar, or she just ground and pounds her. Honestly, um, you know I love her, Renee, but she can be taken down. Holly Holm, I mean you know. She taught her the, the the vet lesson of all vet lessons in that fight. I remember that it was just not even not even remotely close. Um, her takedown her takedown defense of Renee Aldana is good. Um, I think Macy Ch- Chasson took her down a couple times, but she wasn't you know she wasn't really to cons- able to consistently get it. Um, I just I just don't see a path of victory for for Renee. Amanda would have to really just gas out later or, or early, I guess, but. Uh, maybe a Renee, if they get tired, a Renee can, can strike with her. Renee does have that power. She does have some good power. I mean, we saw what she did to Catlin Vieira. But in that fight, man, she was getting hit a lot. So, and I think three, yeah, she did drop Macy. She dropped Yana Santos now, and she dropped Catlin. She's dropped a couple girls before, but I just, I, I just don't think she has what it takes. Uh, sadly enough, I think Amanda has her covered pretty much everywhere. And I don't even know if cardio would be an advantage for a Renee. You know, I, I just I don't know I don't know it's sad to say because I, I really want her to win I've never been an Amanda fan per se but uh, all this rambling basically I will give you my I'll say th- I'll say third round third round finish uh, so are you going to take anything that's actually a good question I will um, while you think I will tell you that I am going to take Amanda Nunes inside the distance minus one thirty. Uh, like I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Basically, what it sounds like is we have to count on a Amanda Nunes that was similar to the one that showed up in the first Juliana Pena fight for her to lose, right? And that's yeah. I don't think you'll ever see a worse version of her in this form. You know, maybe back in the day, but at this point, she's su- such a veteran, has been through so many wars, has been through so many title fights, title buildups. I, I, you know. I can't sit here and act like it's a responsible bet to fade her. So, uh, inside the distance until I see otherwise. And I don't like getting a title shot off of, uh, you know, Macy Chason. 
that has shown me to not mean much because I, I was talking about uh, Leon Edwards getting a title shot off of a Bilal Muhammad fight, and he wound up coming out and shocking the world and everything. Well, but, Bilal Muhammad and Macy Chesson, you know. Not exactly the but same. I agree. But, you know I, agree like it, I agree 100%. I um, agree 100%. You know, it might be, you know, the, those upper divisions of the women's uh, game are, you know, a little weak, if you will. Yeah. Um, and Arena has been kind of knocking on the door uh, for a little bit now. So she gets her chance. Um, she has won four of her last five. It seems like she wins a couple and then she loses, wins a couple, loses. Um, so, yeah, I think um, – who's Amanda's girlfriend, partner, wife? Is it Raquel? Be, uh, Nina. Nina, that's right. Nina, sorry. formerly um, Ansaroff, now Nunez. Nunez, that's right. Obviously, idiot. Um, Raquel Pennington is with Tisha Torres, I believe, or was. I think so. I think, yeah. And she, I just keep going back to the, the Raquel Pennington fight. She did, uh, she got taken down once in that fight, but she got controlled. It was a split, but she, she's been in splits. She's she's went the distance. She's got she's lost rounds. She dropped the rounds to to Talita Bernardo. Uh, the Caitlin Leslie Smith man Leslie Smith put a beating on her. Yeah, again that was 2016. So uh, basically, Irene Aldana has improved a lot in a, in a similar sense to a, a lot of the Mexican fighters like Grosso and and Moreno. But I just I don't think she's going to be able to get it done. How old is she? I think she's like. Similar in age, she's she's not young herself. Uh, I think she's thirty four. If I had to guess, I could be thirty five. She's thirty five too. Yeah. So I mean, she is. You know, you don't see many five nine women. Um, she has a sixty eight and a half inch reach, man. So she has some things going for her. But I just think, in the grand scheme of things, as long as a man is focused, which I I feel like she has to be, right? Um, I feel unless she's not, she should win this. You easily. just can't so, count on that though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, I saw, I see a lot of people saying, "Oh, yeah, I predicted that Grasso Valentina fight." I, you know, I don't really know about that one. Uh, I think that's more people just wanting to claim it. But we'll see, man. I'll honestly be rooting for a Renee, even though I probably, I think I'm going to follow you with this Amanda Nunes fight. If if Amanda loses, I won't be mad at the bet. I'll be really, I'll be really excited. So, but my brain will uh, follow you in there with Amanda uh, inside the distance. Yeah, I mean, I imagine your best case scenario is as soon as you listen to this to bet that because it's. I, I imagine by the time the fight goes down, it'll be a minus 150, 160. So I know you value people out there. You got to get as much as you possibly can. The sooner the better uh, you bet that. So we keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. This is the people's main event, uh, the fight that a lot of people have wanted to see. Uh, it was supposed to happen, I think, last pay-per-view. And I believe all, or one of the pay, previous pay-per-views, and they got moved to this. I think Oliveira had to pull out for, with an injury of some sort, mm-hmm. uh, which is understandable. I mean, that guy was on a heater there for a little bit. So uh, after his loss to Islam, he is now back. Benil Daryush, uh, a guy who has 100%, with all things equal, probably earned a title shot in any other division, but he just keeps – I mean, he just really doesn't know how to get himself a title shot, it seems like. Yeah. What are the odds on this fight? I have nothing up here, which makes no sense. It looks like so. Dariush minus one fifty five, Charles Oliveira plus one thirty. I don't know how much movement there is, but I don't, I don't think much. Honestly, I think people are are betting on Dariush. Yeah. Um, minus one fifty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Oliveira so, uh, is what a do you slight think underdog. Let's what do you see. think of that? Oliveira TKO is plus five fifty. His submission <laughs> is plus three hundred, three seventy five on some websites. Ah oh, man, uh, I, it, this is a really tough, interesting fight. I this is another thing where you have to count on who, what version of Charles is going to show up. It is, I mean, 
he didn't. It's not like he looked horrible. I think he was just going to lose to Islam. I think Islam's just better than him. But uh, Benil Daryush, man, he kind of presents a lot of the, those similar problems that Islam would, right? I mean, just seems like a, has somewhat of an overwhelming, uh, s- strong technical grappling game that it has just kind of made a lot of his opponents in recent fights uncomfortable. I mean, even a guy like Matus Gamrot, I think we probably both took Gamrot in that fight. Or yep. we, we both at least would like talking about, like, yeah, if we were going to take something, it would be Gamron. Uh, he he kind of dominated him, right? I mean, he Smashed beat the shit him, yeah. out of him. But before that, you look at some of these fights, man. I mean, Tony Ferguson, uh, that has uh, lost value very, uh, it seems like. Tony has never been the same fighter down. after that Gaethje fight. Uh, Diego Fajeda, Scott Holtzman, Drake R. Close, Frank Camacho, you know, even a Drew Remember Dover. that Close fight, man. <sighs> Listen, Almost got his ass knocked out. I'm going to take Oliveira, but I think this is biased. I think I just love, like, I just love the way Oliveira fights. I don't trust him to not get absolutely smashed in this fight. But I mean, at the very least, you can go down swinging, saying, "All right, well, the guy is a black belt, a absolute, you know, one of the deadliest jujitsu practitioners in all of the UFC." So I can't be too. I mean. I don't know. I guess I, I don't really know how. I, I have no feeling on how this fight is going to happen. I think Charles is going to have the advantage in the striking. So, but I thought the same thing with the Gamera fight. And Darius has nice. He's got powerful hands, man. So yeah. Uh, and Oliver doesn't take a shot well. So I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm yeah, going. I don't know uh, either. But I'm sorry. Before I, so yeah. we don't uh, get this lost in the fold. I think I'm going to take Oliver inside the distance as well. Because wow. I've seen Man. I've seen uh, Mr. Daryush get finished before, and yeah, also you know he was close to being finished by Drakkar. No pun intended, yeah. or maybe there was a pun intended. Um, and then, you know Drakkar close has pretty much fallen off the earth since then. Um, Daryush, you know, I don't know, man. You know he's had some weird losses. I mean, the, he's on this winning streak of what, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wins, um, all, five submissions. Remember he had that spinning back fist against Scott Holtzman, who was you know pretty much a corpse by then. But uh, regardless, <laughs> regardless, he you know he got the beat the shit out of him uh, in the close fight. You know he he rallied. So, um, but before that man lost to Alexander Hernandez quick in like a minute. Uh, he lost to Evan Dunham, which was a really bad decision. He lost to Edson Barboza, got flying knee. So um, I remember when he beat Rashid uh, Rashid Magomedov. That dude was supposed to be the next big thing, and uh, Benil Darius shut that shit down. I think the thing that's going Benil has going for him that a lot of people are kind of discounting is his grappling background. I know everyone's going to focus on Oliveira, but uh, Darius, is, I think, is one of the only people ever to get a gold medal in gi and no gi yeah. in every belt besides black. Yep. Uh, he had he had a grappling match with Crone Gracie. That's that's just top of the line. We can talk about Crone Gracie in MMA, but if they're just going to grapple, <laughs> man, I I don't know how many people are above him, but he is uh, he's on the highest level. And I think Darius, you know, he didn't get his hand raised, but he didn't he didn't get submitted. He didn't get tapped out. He went the whole distance, which is fucking crazy, crazy. So, Benil Darius, his his ground game is no joke, no joke at all. We saw what he did to Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson, you know, he does a lot of Imanari roles and a lot of desperation shit. But make no mistake about it, he's his his jujitsu is legit. Um, and then yeah, Diego Ferreira, Ferreira awesome jujitsu. Benil took him down five times, controlled him into a win. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. Tiago Moises, same thing. He he's he's seen a lot of styles. I think this might be his time, Benil. I think it might be his time. I think uh, Charles has had his time. 
the problem, man, is, you know, I said, anytime you see Charles fight or his highlights, they're just so goddamn explosive, man. Remember what he did? To, he had Michael Chandler. Yeah. Uh, you know, what he did to Michael Chandler was nuts. The problem is, man, he's always going through something. He's always getting hurt. Always, always getting hurt. And I just, I, I don't want to put my money on that. I, I love both his props that you, uh, that you listed. I would love to be on the right side of betting him by knockout at 500, 550, and he does it. But I just, I can't trust him. Uh, I had him against Michael, Ch- or I had Chandler against him, and um, that one really hurt. That one really hurt a lot. So I'm going to pick Dariush to win by decision. Um, I think that's a pretty good bet. I think he could finish him on the ground. I and mean, we've seen Charles. Remember back in the day when I was it Paul Felder just beat the brakes off yeah. him on the ground. We've seen it happen to him a lot of times, and I know a lot has changed, but that happens. <laughs> I mean, he was on all fours against Michael Chandler in the first round, all yeah. fours, and it was so so close. So if Michael Chandler just let him up or something else, five times out of ten he loses. But um, so he definitely can be tricky. I'm staying away. I don't want to be on the wrong side here. I think it's a, a coin flip, honestly. Um, so I think the value that uh, is honestly, I think Charles is valued here. I like his value. I like your pick uh, to take him inside the distance. But I'm going to stay away. Darius' decision plus three hundred is also a very good bet. If I like that too. Uh, if, but if that's your side, and I don't, yeah. I don't. Uh, Really, like I just told you, I don't know what's going on. So uh, this one, that's what I would take probably. I mean, him even inside the distance, I could definitely see that. That's the favorite of all of these. It's like every – He's every minus 135. Like, man, every prop looks good. So I, I think there's just a lot of variance in this fight. Like, uh, you know, can you see uh, Oliveira winning by TKO and submission? Yes. Can you see Darius winning by TKO or submission? Honestly, maybe not submission, but, you know, if, if Charles just gives him his neck, why not? Yeah. So – um. Yeah, that's that's gonna be my pick. But you're not taking anything. I am not. He does have. A, he has, also has a couple. He has an arm bar, a rear naked choke, uh, a couple arm triangles. So don't don't discount Benil too much. Is what I would say to to the masses. I think this is the perfect fight. I think Charles has taken a little over six. Or I'm sorry, seven months. I think. It's, I, I think. I think you're a hundred. Oh man, this is. Uh, I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to convince forth, myself. Man, it's yeah, a man. legit coin flip. Yeah. and I know. Like, I'm not trying to persuade you in any way because I don't know where, you know, where I'm at. But that just that just feels like the safest option is Benil kind of taking him down, smothering him. He's not scared to go in your guard. Um, no. And I'm sure Charles will try to throw some shit up, and you know, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. That's why I am uh, going to try to stay away and um, pick my spots a little better. Yeah, I just. I think in my head it winds up kind of playing up on the feet and Oliveira gets the better of him. But I also could see like him winning some rounds and then like getting hit and rocked and falling down. And then like he loses the last minute of the round and then it's like, well, yeah, now he's going to lose a split or he's going to lose. You know, like I could definitely see all sorts of scenarios in this fight. It's not always like this, but I'm going to go Charles Oliveira plus 200. Inside the distance, I just I like I, it. I gotta ride. I gotta ride with Charlie Olives on this one. It's good value. Yeah, and until Dar, I mean Daryush is gonna. If he wins this, then I'm probably gonna take him in the Islam fight because he'll probably he'll probably have great value in that. And I don't even know if he's gonna win it, but the guy just <laughs> continues to prove. He's one of those guys who just continues to prove me wrong. So just got, like the law, honestly. Yeah, honestly, they kind of have similar styles. It's just like the you know. Although can do it very well rounded, but Neil's like more of like a he kind of just like plods forward. He's got good like movement, but his takedowns are good. His his, his wrestling defense is good. like everything is just solid. He doesn't have solid, a little yeah. hole in this game. So, uh, 
How about your boy Mike Malott getting in there? I know you said you were going to sell something <laughs> expensive that you own, and you were going to bet Proper on Mike, Mike Malott. Malott. Proper Mike Malott against Adam Fugit-Fugit getting in back in there for the, uh, for the worldwide leader in mixed martial arts. Uh, I, I have to scroll all the way back up to this page to get these odds, but I do finally have them in front of me. Plus 170 for Mr. Fugit. Mr. Malat is a minus 200, 220 favorite. Right away, that scares me because I don't like Mike Malat at any number that, that that's that large. But he's kind yeah. of walked through. I mean, we, you know, you. I'm still mad at you for convincing me to bet Johan Liness uh, the last time out, and we just <laughs> I, got absolutely yeah, that dominated. That that was bad. That made me sad. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. You're, are you about to convince me to bet Adam Fugit? I am. I am. I, you know, listen, if, if Mike Malott wins here, I think me and you have to, have to, um, you know, buy uh, a Mike Malott t-shirt or some shit, buy equity and whatever charity he has. I don't know something because I thought he was going to lose the Mickey Gall fight. And let's be honest, he got hit a couple times by Mickey Gall, who, I mean, you know, younger, bigger, better, quicker, faster, more athletic. Mike Malott has a younger brother in the Winnipeg Jets organization. If you watch Mike Malott, I think his name is Jeff Malott. If you watch Mike Malott, the way he fights, man, I think he's very patient. I, um, you know, he did well against Hakeem Dawadu. They fought in the regional scene a while ago, and he honestly did well before he got finished. Um, he just, you know, he had he's been outside the first round what once, and it was against this guy in Bellator, and that fight was terrible. But that guy six eight and one he is right now, and he could have lost honestly if he didn't get a ten eight in the first round. He could have lost that. He doesn't seem to get block many kicks. Uh, he's very stiff. Um, his cardio, I mean, maybe it's good. We've only seen him outside the first round once and it was a while ago. So I, I can't say it's bad per se. Um, uh, when he, they both, both these guys have fought a guy named, uh, Solomon Renfro. Yeah. And when, um, Mike Malott fought Solomon Renfro, he got, he got dropped and beat up before he dropped him, uh, into a beautiful rear naked choke. So he, you know, he, his finishing ability is, is spot on. Very good athlete the way he moves. Um, he's very tall. He's kind of got some tall man defense. Um, so I, I, I have issues with Michael, Mike Malott. You know, the guys he fought, he fought that guy in the contender series. That dude was a bum. I know people were hyping him up. Mickey Gall, you know, and then Johan Liness. That's three very weak opponents. But, you know, he is athletic. He does hit hard. He does have some good subs. Uh, again, that guillotine that he did have on the contender series was nasty. Um, I just, you know, I, I think he gets hit too much, man. He's always gotten hit too much. So his nickname used to be the main attraction. I think, uh, you know, I don't know which nickname was better. Um, I like Adam Fugit. He was, he, he's, he's kind of like that, that guy that you give to, to prospects. And you're like, all right, you know, you, you know good luck, but you're going to get smoked. Um, and Michael Morales, let's, listen, he won that first round against Michael Morales. Um, and he beat the brakes off of that Kinoshita fella, the, the, the Chinese yeah. Connor that you called him, right? Um, yeah, never, never. Yeah, no. He's Japanese for the record. Japanese, I'm sorry. Fuck. Racist. Uh, no, the Japanese Connor, he beat the shit out of him. And he was, I think he was a, let's see, plus 350. I know he's a plus 350 against Solomon Renfro when he fought in the regional scene. Like I said, man, he's been an, a big underdog many times in his career. Just counted out, uh, same size as Mike Malott, but he's got a 77 inch reach. You don't really see that at welterweight too much. Um, he is a little bit older. Mike Malott's not a young prospect, but he is 31. Uh, Adam Fugit, when he lost to that guy, Kylan Hill in the regional scene, it was kind of a bit of a fluke. He was out wrestling him. Yeah. And then he, when he fought Solomon Renfro, he got him out of there quick, beautiful left hand. He, 
he has holes in his game for sure. Striking defense has holes. He can get hit. He has some good hooks, kind of like loopy. Um, but he has a pretty good chin. He has good pressure. He has good kicks. When he fought Michael Morales, that was nine days notice, right? And he um, he took, I think he took Kinoshita down like four times in four minutes, got his back a couple times, and then out, pounded him out. Uh, pause. And he's been in grappling matches. Sick. One against Nick Maximov. Um, he fought Austin Vanderford way back in the day. I think he has more experience. I know they don't have many fights each. I think he has more experience. I think if this gets out of the first round, I think he's 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 got Mike Malak covered. Um, the problem is, man, he might get hit with something big in the first round, you know. And it seems like he will not turtle, but he will uh, back up against the fence and kind of like let you get off some more shots before he gets finished. Like that, could, I could see that happening. Uh, but also, man, he's got beautiful counter shots. He's longer, more experienced. Like I said. He's an underdog in this fight. He's been counted out many times, and I think they're just trying to throw him to this Canadian prospect. It's in Canada. Um, I, I think that's what they're going to try to do. I'm not fully confident, but I like uh, Adam Few get money line here. I think Adam he'd out wrestle him. He's going to have to watch some some subs. I'm sorry, he's going to have to watch some subs, but I think he can out wrestle him honestly. And I, you know, maybe not outstrike him, but definitely get uh, hit him with the bigger shots. So that's my pick, man. I, I'm very confident in it. I see a couple other people I, I trust that have given some good good analysis on this fight. Um, so, yeah, I'm locking that to Jim. Plus 175 for Adam like money line. What are your thoughts on uh, – I did want to ask you, uh, the fight fight to go to decision is plus 280. Do you think, that they're, do you think that's an accurate number? Or, like, that's something I was thinking yeah. about betting beforehand. But it doesn't sound like – I mean, I, it sounds like one of those fights where you think one, either one of these guys is going to fold, and then they kind of just wind up standing right. there for 15 minutes and just not like being boring, but it's also like yeah. they become scared of each other, kind of. It could happen. I just think they both have some dog in them, right? I, even even Mike Malott, even though he hasn't been outside the first round much, when he was outside the first round, he still, you know, put on a decent effort against that Diagne guy. But and, and also, but also late in that third round, he got taken down by uh, Th- Thomas Diagne or whatever his name was. And that dude looked scared. Like he was supposed to be a wrestler. He looked terrified to go on the ground with him. And then he took him down. Um, uh, let's see. Are, do they all have all finishes? I think Mike Malott does. Adam Fugit only has one decision win. So man, this is, this is a really tough fight for me to, to really get a hold. I, Mike Malott's grappled with people too. He's been in grappling matches. So I don't think his, his ground game is that bad, but I think he can be, uh, I think uh, Adam Fugit can get some top time. So, that's just my pick. That's just my uh, prediction. That's my um, analysis, I should say. Yeah, no, and I don't think you're wrong for that. I think I'm going to stay away. There you uh, go. I, I, I just, was trying to convince you, but I've already heard you once. So. Yeah, I, I, I like Fugit, though. Like, I'm with you on that if I'm going to bet this fight. I just, there's something that's like this Mike Malak guy keeps making me lose money, so I'm kind of scared to yep. bet against him, but I don't really <laughs> like his game. Like, you kind of labeled that. That time like, is coming. It's coming, but I, yeah, I just don't know. If this is the time, and Fugits looked good, it seemed like the, that Morales fight. He didn't have a full camp, if I remember correctly. I don't remember. Yeah, only nine short, days. Nine days. So there you go. Like I think stuff like that uh, plays a factor when you get a full fight camp to fight these guys. I think you're gonna see a very good version. I think you're getting really good value on Adam Fugit at uh, plus one seventy. So Dan Ige, Nate Landwehr. This is sure to be a very exciting fight. Two guys who kind of just like to finish the other guy uh no pause and they they throw bombs so <laughs> what do we got here minus 250 for danny gay 275 260 plus 200 210 for nate landweir nate landweir a live dog here the train what do you think nate the train 
he's a funny guy, man. Three in a row for him. Uh, it hasn't come without, you know, some adversity, especially in that David Onama fight. That fight was nuts. Um, and honestly, watching that Austin Lingo fight, man, Austin Lingo was giving him the work a little bit. Yeah. Um, I know he ended up taking him down and choking him out and even outstruck him significantly, but uh, I don't know, man. Nate Landwehr could be undefeated in the UFC. I think he fights Julian Arosa again. I think you know what happens there. And if he fights Herbert Burns again, I think we know what happens there. But both losses were by knees, so maybe that's uh, something Dan Ige could do. He is the shorter fighter. Uh, reach is very similar. Uh, you know, I don't think Dan Ige is going to go to gonna gonna want to go to the ground. And there's been a lot of fights where Nate Landwehr doesn't really go to the ground much. That Darren Darren Elkins fight, nothing, right? Uh, even in the Austin Lingo fight, it was it was a lot standing. So um, I really, honestly, as long as it stays standing, I think Dan Ige busts him up easily. Um, I know, you know, listen, if you look at Dan Ige's record, not, <laughs> not great. Uh, Korean Zombie took him down at will. Um, but Korean Zombie also said he was the hardest hitter he's ever fought. So I just think this is a, a good matchup for Danny Guy. I think the odds are a bit, you know, a bit much. But I, I really, uh, you know, you can say what you want about Danny Gay kind of being old, I guess, right? He's 30, not even old, he's 31, but he has taken some damage. He has been through, been some wars. Nate Landwehr is 35. And he has fought all over the globe. Um, I mean, this is a guy from Clarksville, Tennessee, who was like, I don't know, in his 20s, going to Russia to fight all these Russian dudes and winning belts. Like, shit's crazy, man. So you, you can't can't dispute the shit he's done, uh, all the things he's accomplished, you know, the, just the high action uh, that he is. But I think that's going to cost him here. I think Dan Ige is going to catch him with – I think he's going to pepper him with that jab. And I think he's probably going to catch him with – I don't know, uh, a straight right, an uppercut, hooks. Honestly, if he can, is able to get him in the clinch, he's going to try to throw some knees. I got Dan Ige here. I don't know if he finishes him or not. I think, honestly, Dan Ige might be able to get a sneaky takedown. He doesn't have the best uh, takedown accuracy, 26%. But we saw he take, took down Damon Jackson. I don't think uh, many people would have predicted that. Uh, that was the round where Damon Jackson was peppering him, too. So uh, I got Dan Ige pretty comfortably here, but I'm going to stay away. I am going to take... Ige TKO plus 180. Oh. I think that is proper value. That's a good. And That's good. I think, like you kind of said, I just don't trust Nate Landwehr to, what he's probably going to have to do is take him down and not really get into a striking exchange. I mean, he's, I think he's a couple inches taller, but they have the same reach. So Dan, yeah. Dan's got them long arms. He's going to pop, like you said, pop him with that jab. I think he has the cleaner, more powerful, crisper strikes. I think eventually he gets Nate Landwehr out of there, and Nate Landwehr yeah. just doesn't take it. I mean, like you said, 35. That's kind of the cutoff, especially in the lower weight classes when you start to – I'm like, whoa. You know, they don't take shots the same way as the older they get. It's kind I, you of gotta eventually of the game. Think, right. you got to eventually think that that's going to that's gonna fade, right? He's going to not – one day he's just going to get dropped and not wake up. I will say, though, you know, Danny Gay's cardio, I think the advantage goes to Nate. Uh, Danny Gay kind of has that Hawaiian fighter cardio, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. Um but he trains at a great camp. All his losses are by decision. Dan, uh, Nate's been knocked out a couple times. Uh, how many knockouts does Dan have? Five. So he's got you know pretty much all of his wins are split uh, by decision, uh, submission, TKO. And look who they fought recently. Uh, you know Josh Emmett, TKZ, Mozar Evloev, Damon Jackson. Not in that level too. But that's coming off of three losses. Uh, Nate Landwehr, you know Austin Lingo, David Onama, and the fellow before that. I think it was Ludovic Klein. Just you know. Not great fighters. And again, he's lost to some not great fighters also. I, I, tr I trust Dan Ige here. Uh, I really want to take, I really want to do what you do. I think, I think I'm going to take Dan Ige by TKO as long as, as, as well as you. 
I think it's, it's just a good bet, man. Almost plus 200 for, you know, a guy who has a clear striking advantage. Uh, also, Dan Ige's takedown uh, defense, 86%. So, um, or I'm sorry, that's Nate Landwehr's takedown defense. Uh, Dan Ige's is not good, 52. So, uh, <laughs> I kind of fu- fucked myself over with that one. But also, I think I want to say a lot of Dan uh, a lot of that is that Mozart Envelope fight. He got taken down like 10 times, you know? So, I think that does skew. Also, a lo- larger strength of schedule there for Dan Ige. For sure, for sure. To- I my point, you know, kind of got voided, but um, maybe maybe Nate Landwehr's like, I'm just going to stand and bang with him. He can strike. I think I can strike better than him. I, that's something that Nate Landwehr will do. Um, so I, I like our pick there. I like Ige as well. We are going to keep it rolling, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first fight on the main card. You will see Eric, your boy Anders, getting in there against Mark andre Power Bar Barrio. So oh I know you love Power Bar. He is a... Uh, you know, he comes to your house on Christmas. It's uh, you guys have a really good relationship. But uh, Eric, Eric Anders is a plus one fifteen underdog to Mark Andre Barrios minus one thirty five. I gotta say right away, I think one of my favorite bets of this night is gonna be Eric Anders, and that's what I'm taking wow. right away. Money line plus one fifteen, Eric Anders. That's interesting. I don't know what to do with this fight. This is a fight I I kind of um, didn't do too much uh, pre-fight tape or research on, just because I don't. I, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know about either of these guys at this point in their careers, I, especially Eric Anders. There's a lot of just a lot of just uh, you know leaving leaving a lot to be desired. And then he comes out in his last fight and looked great against Kyle Dawkins. I think. Yeah. So. It's every other fight, man. He wins and he, he wins one, drops two. Wins one, drops two. Wins one, drops you know, drops two or three. Um, I just think he's come a long way from that Khalil Roundtree fight where he got dropped what five times, <laughs> four times. Um, uh, what else? Uh, when he lost, I mean, he has a loss to Eli- Elias Theodoro. R.I.P. Uh, Tiago Santos beat the brakes off him and he took him down six times. So, um, I again think he's come a long way. Um, his takedown numbers aren't great, but I don't know, man. Barrio is a guy who I think, you know, more than anything, he, he's waiting for you to, to get tired. He's waiting for you to, to take a pause, to take a break. And then he attacks, you know, um, fluffy took him down eight times. Cheaty got him out of there quick. He's very, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't rely on him. Even in that Dolce fight, he took a lot of shots. He got taken down twice by Dolce. Like, you know, yeah. what if uh, Eric Anders takes him down? I don't know. His takedown defense himself is not good, uh, Mark andre Barrio. They both have, you know, they're both very sloppy fighters, especially as the fight goes on. Uh, both have takedown accuracy in the 25% range, so um, maybe that won't happen at all. I guess Eric Anders uh, will get more and go for it more. I think Eric Anders is the pick here. I got Eric Anders by the, uh, just in money line. Uh, in general. I'm, I'm, you think I'm he wins the decision. You. I know what you're, you're saying. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to bet, but um, you know, how many times have we been fucked over by a prop? So uh, I like Eric Anders. Plus 110? Is that what we're getting? Plus 115. Plus 115. Even better, baby. Yeah, we'll take that. I, 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 like, I just like that bet, man. It's just a uh, – I, I just think that Mark um, – in order to beat Eric Anders, you have to be, like, really good at one thing. Or, or it's like you, you're powerful. Yeah, you're a really specialist. good striker. Yeah, like I don't really – I think he's been working a lot in his grappling. He's fought a lot of guys who kind of just pushed him up against the fence and just did, 
He's been in a lot of these wars, I think. I think Eric Anders is a uh, veteran now, as is Marc-Andre Barriol, but I just think that explosiveness and athletic ability of Eric Anders, we're going to get something here. So I don't know. He's going to knock him down. He's going to... I don't know. Marc-Andre Barriol still mad at him for go. But who did he get knocked out by in like... It was right, Chitty, right? 16 seconds. That's right, where I was just like... Yep. Oh, man. I, I'll never bet you again. When, when stuff like that yeah. happens almost, it's a, a very alarming thing. But let's keep it rolling, ladies and gentlemen. I am also going Eric Anders' money line. That we are aligned in three bets so far. This is a good feeling going into the prelims. Nasruddin Imovov, one of our favorites here uh, and one of our predictions to be a big – like at some point probably fight for a title, right? Like that's uh, something – that's not that crazy uh, to think about against Chris Curtis, who's you know definitely not looking good after his last uh, fight. But uh, Chris Curtis lost a uh, decision he thought he won against Calvin <laughs> Gastelum. Uh, what do we yeah, have? Thought here? he beat Jack Romanson too. I think uh, Imovov is the favorite, right? A slight favorite. Yeah, minus one sixty, one fifty five plus one thirty five for Chris Curtis. Uh, I like Imovov here, but I just don't know uh, if it's going to be something I bet. Yeah, I feel that a lot, man. I think he, I think there's a clear, clear uh, plan for Imovov. Stay on the outside, pick him apart. He's five inches taller. The reach is the same, but I still think that will matter a little bit if he's as long as he stays on the outside. Jab, throw some kicks. He's the more athletic guy for sure. He's younger. Um, you know, you just don't want to stand and try. I think Chris Curtis has some of the best boxing in the UFC. I mean, his boxing is crisp. Yep. It, look, it just it, it looks good. Uh, I know Kelvin beat. Yeah, very durable. I mean, has he been? You know, uh, he goes the distance a lot, man. He, you know, he's into that contender series fight he was in. That was a that was a brutal fight, and he beat the shit out of that dude. The Brendan Allen fight was was good. Remember the Hadolfo Vieira fight? He was what oh a twenty on takedowns, Mister uh, Vieira. Chris Curtis's takedown defense, at least on the regional scene, used to be you know you take him down. That's it. Fight's over. Either you know you win the round or you know you tap something. The fight's over. You've won. His you know he's gotten a lot better, man. He's come a long way. Chris Curtis has, and I you know he he does say a lot of things that I'm just you know very confused about. Uh, he's from Cincinnati, Ohio, right? You know we don't like those uh, Ohioans. Ohioans. He's also 35. Uh, Imovov, the Russian sniper from France, is 27. I think he's more well-rounded. We saw what he did to Edmund Shabazian on the ground. We saw what he did to Ian Heinish. At the time, that didn't really happen to Ian Heinish. And I think the Strickland fight was, you know, he didn't win, but I think it was a little closer than people give him credit for, especially in the later rounds. Agreed. I thought he, I thought he was going to be completely cooked in the, at the very end, and he kind of you know, showed a little bit. I think as long as he stays on the outside, and I think he could do some work, I think he might be stronger than Chris Curtis. I think, did Curtis fight at 170 before or at one um? At um one eighty five, one fifty five, or one. Uh, what are they at? They're at. They're, they're at, at eighty five. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, did he fight at one seventy? I thought he might have, but I could be completely nah, wrong. Not in the UFC, at least. Okay. Um, you know, so I don't, I, I don't know about that, but I think Imovov just being, I mean, he's a lot taller, so I think he might be stronger. Twenty seven's a good spot. I think this is a good age for him. Um, again, you know, I think that Strickland fight, it, it might have been too soon. You know, Strickland's a fucking vet. And he has a very, very awkward style. Very hard to hit. Chris Curtis is the opposite of that. Chris Curtis does not have an awkward style. He's, he kind of has an awkward style, but I think a lot of that is just with his peekaboo boxing. Um, he is not hard to hit. Uh, I mean, remember Phil Halls was beating the shit 
beating the shit out of Chris Curtis, but he was eating it well, like you said. So I think, you know, Imavov getting a finish could, could be a little tough. I do like his sub game. I do like his ground and pound. I'm going to take Imavov money line. I kind of like the number it's at. I don't love it, but I do feel confident in him winning two rounds. This could be a gut pick. I, I, I'm a big fan, as you know, of, of Mr. Imavov. Uh, you know, if he gets out there and just tries boxing, it's going to be tough, but. Minus 160. I like it. I like it. It's a little high, but I, I you know, I'll take it. I am going to take Imovov decision plus 180. That's nice. That's nice. I agree with everything you basically said on how this fight's going to happen. I think Chris Curtis is too durable, but I also do think that he's he just has a tendency to just give moments of fights away looking for whatever a counter or yep. you know, like not everything's going to play out like that Joaquin Buckley fight where he gets, you know, even then, he was kind of he was going through the fire a little bit there. So I think he, like you said, even if I was going to steal a couple rounds here, he might lose a round. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how it's not going to look good, but uh, I think Imovov. He's just a better fighter. He's it's, like you said, it's his time. He's eight years younger. I think he's more skilled. He's more athletic. And uh, but I think Chris Curtis is going to put up a good fight. So I'm going to go decision plus one eighty, ladies and gentlemen. I like it. Uh, here we go. Miranda Maverick and Jasmine Fear Joe Juravicious, Joe's Devicious is getting in there, <laughs> who has uh, lost us some money recently with a Gabriela Fernandez. Uh, that was tough. That was a tough uh, way for that to go. But, you know, the uh, loss to Natalia Silva was a good look. She's now fighting Miranda Maverick, who we in the past have liked to bet with. And she is a minus 300 favorite in this fight. Ty, that is a big number. That is a yeah. big number. I don't really feel comfortable with that number, but uh, I mean, the obvious lean is Miranda Maverick. I guess the only question is, are you going to bet inside the distance at plus 280? Um, I don't think so. I don't think I will do that. She, she does have six subs, right? <clears throat> she only has one TKO. Uh, you know, the Shana, her last fight against Shannon Young, she won an easy decision. Uh, the Sabina Mazo fight, she choked her out. Sabina Mazo is uh, not very good. And then the, her, her one... TKO was against Liana Jojua. Again, not good. And that was um, a doctor stoppage. So, like, you know, uh, the thing about Jojo Ravish's daughter here, she calls herself the female GSP. I just, I don't know about that. No, thank you. you. Um, She has a couple finishes. She hasn't ever been finished. Uh, Her last, man, you'd have to go back, way back in the day when she fought um, Gabriella Golfin and Christina Adcock. Your two, uh, your two breakout candidates um, to when there was a finish. All of her finishes were earlier in her career. I think this probably goes to – I think Miranda Maverick probably wins this. But, man, there, there is definitely a large disparity in height and reach. Uh, Jasmine is four inches taller with a three-inch reach advantage. But she's also older. She's 34. She's almost nine years older. And, um, you know, what has she really done outside that Gabrielle Fernandez fight, who's probably a stiff, who's probably a fraud? Uh, she got outstruck by her. She got smoked by Natalia Silva. Just compare the women she's fought. Yeah. Kay Hansen, Ju- Julia Pol- Polastri, Gabriela Fernandez. Just not, not UFC level. And she did, she did well. She didn't kill these girls, but she did well. She won. She did what she had to do. Natalia Silva, she fought, who's a legit fighter. She got smoked. So uh, her takedown defense pretty good. Miranda Maverick's takedown offense, not the best, but you got to factor in that fight against Aaron Blanchfield, which is kind of just a... Uh, a wash. Let's just act like that fight didn't happen. You know, to go from Macy Barber to Aaron Blanchfield to Sabina Mazo to Shannon Young, 
there's you know one something doesn't quite fit in that uh, in that sentence. So I got Miranda Maverick here. I don't love that line, but I really don't think uh, Jasuda Vicious. I, I don't know what she, you know. I don't know um, if she really has a uh, anything for her really. So we'll see Miranda Maverick. I think there's gonna be a time to fade her again, but um, yeah, I think she wins this fight. No, no, no bet though. No bet. Nothing wrong with that. Miranda Maverick, a decision is around minus 120, minus 130. That is a something that I would like to think about betting. I, I just think, like you kind of have said, Jazz and Charles DeVicious uh, is a fraud, kind of. And I just don't mm-hmm. trust her whatsoever. So I think Miranda Maverick, I can't bet that decision and then be mad at myself. So I'd rather, rather just lose the money on the inside the distance. But I think either way, you're getting... I think, honestly... Miranda Maverick is just the perfect parlay piece because I think she wins this fight. I just don't know how. I don't really yeah. know how to make money the right way here. But uh, I'm going to go plus 280 here on this decision. So that's – or this – not decision. I'm sorry. Inside the distance. Uh, cancel right. your bets out there for yeah for that other one. But do you think that's a crazy bet? I don't think it's crazy necessarily. I It's just something I wouldn't bet, but – a lot of things I wouldn't bet probably hit. So that's yeah. how I feel all the time. I'm just what betting shit know? that I never would bet. Uh, <laughs> but inside the distance is a uh, classic of mine. I can't. Eamon Zahabi, Canada's finest, getting in there against your favorite, Arichi Lang, the Mongolian. The Mongolian murderer. murderer. He's that's one of my favorites. Name. He's a that's sick, one of the best nicknames. He's right? a sick motherfucker, man. This is. <laughs> I believe that isn't he the one who went to war with Jeff Molina? Yeah, he got dropped a couple times. And then he dropped, Jeff, or he wobbled Jeff with like 10, 10 seconds left in the in the fight. It was like, oh yeah. my god! Jeff this... Molina was pounding him out pretty good, All if right. I remember correctly. Uh, so, okay. um, it was a tough, yeah, I, I, it was a tough fight for him, you know. And he just he's he's recently coming off of a non finish against Jay Perrin, bit of a red flag, right? You know, if you're going to be a legit guy, you better beat you better fuck Jay Perrin up. But he didn't. But he fucked Cameron Else up. I remember that he beat the shit out of Cameron Else. Um, but yeah, I mean, Arichi Lang's losses have kind of been just, you know, he fought Jeff Molina, got outstruck. He fought Cody Durden, got outgrappled, right? So two tough fights, too. I'm a big fan of both those guys, just their fighting styles. And, you know, and then he had two layups. But Jay Perrin, man, he, was, he took him down a couple times. He outstruck him. Um, the thing is, Eamon Zahabi, I think, has, has a 16% takedown accuracy. Um, is, this, is this striking good? I, you know, I know he knocked out Draco Rodriguez, but that that was my boy. But he was a big fraud. <laughs> he was a big fraud. Uh, you remember that spinning back elbow against Ricardo Hamos, man? He, whew, that thing was nasty. Um, and then, obviously, you remember that Ricky Tercios fight? That was just one of the worst fights ever. Ever. So, I, honestly, just, just looking at that alone, man, and I think Eamon Zahabi is uh, fairly old. I think he's in his mid th- Yeah, he's 35, man. Again, you know, we might have to do a, a 35-plus fade um, machine type type bet situation, kind of track that and see how that works. I think Arichi Lang hits hard. Um, I think he can get some takedowns. He's gotten them before. I don't. It's a weird fight. This is a very weird fight. I think it's a very – Eamon Zahabi is just awkward, right? He, he'll win a fight and then he'll lose. And you never know what you're going to get with him. I just don't think he's that good. Arichi Lang's minus 120. Whew. I'm gonna stay away. I want to take. Uh, I don't know. What should I do here? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take Arichi Lang TKO, 
and right. I am going to take it plus 420 because that is oh, just, blaze up every day, baby. Yes, sir. That is too fat of a number. And he has a lot of TKOs. He doesn't have any subs, but you got one um, sub you know, like on the whole sheet. I was just going through it. Exactly. And so maybe two now. Hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> plus seventeen hundred will be really bad wow. to let that sit there like that. That's on FanDuel. <laughs> so, Eamon Zabi's ground game. I think you know he'll be able to do to do enough to not let that happen. Most of Eamon Zabi's wins they're kind of spread out. KO sub decision. Um, that Tercios fight, man, it just it left a bad taste oh, in my yeah. mouth. And he's tw- thirty five. So like, is he going to get better off of that fight? I you know sure maybe, but I, I, I lean. The opposite way. I'm going to go Richie Lang money line. I think this is a pretty good spot for him. If you if you want to bet Eamon's hobby, even money, that's just not that's not really good value. Not a good spot for him uh, unless you're his brother and you think he, the world of him. But uh, I'm rolling I'm rolling with you, sort of. I'm not going to take his finish just because, uh, but I will take a Richie Lang money line minus 120. I'm giving I'm you minus that. 115 here on the uh, fuck on me the, up, the baby. Sheet, Let's so. go. I'll take it. We Any have kind of line movement. Blake El Animal, builder. Getting in there against like the Kyle door. Nelson. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the monster. Getting back in there, Kyle Nelson, after a decision loss to Jai Herbert and a decimation at the hands of Billy Quarantillo. He uh, does have a win on the record against Polo Reyes. So I know you, your thoughts on Polo Reyes. and That guy can get knocked out by Augusta win. And how I much mean, you love Del Toro, but... Uh, <laughs> I guess you have to lean Blake Builder here. He's the obvious minus two fifty favorite. Kyle Nelson strictly on this card because he's Canadian, right? There's I yeah. mean, you got you got to think about that same thing with Zahabi. These guys are just on this card because they need some Canadian fighters. I feel like it's going to be one of these guys is going to win. I think I faded almost all of them, pretty much, because I just don't. Yeah. I, I, not to be disrespectful to my Canadian brethren, but there's not a lot of them. That are uh, really high level fighters ever since uh, old no. GSP hung it up. So yeah. <laughs> it's really been uh, slow up there. But, dude, I mean, I, I really don't know much about Blake Builder other than watching him fight, what, twice? Once? Right. Once. You know, I, no, twice. Because I, I did see that contender series fight. But a win against Shane Young doesn't really get it going for me. You know, I, I don't know how, how you feel about that. I'm probably going to stay away from this, but I guess I could be convinced. Um. Yeah, I'm probably going to stay away. I mean, you know, I don't want to take this guy Blake Builder at minus two fifty. Um, I, I don't really, I don't love Kyle Nelson uh, no. at all. I mean, he went to that Billy Q fight and he called Billy Q a bitch, and I was like, ah, you know, be careful what you wish for. And, and then the third round started, and he, uh, you know, he got what was coming to him. That's for sure. And his last fight was a draw. Again, if you want to discount. Ignore the Polo Reyes fight. His last win was a uh, Morteza Rezai. That sounds like a video game. So like, uh, he has a knockout over Kama Worthy. You know, <laughs> who doesn't? Um, I don't. I just don't think Kyle Nelson's that good. He does have some quick hands. I'll give him that. Uh, but he's just wild, very wild, easy to hit. His his striking uh, ratio is you know very very poor. It's like two point eight to four point five. Uh, Land it to absorbed. Um, easy to take down. Man, he he's gotten some take. I think it was it was that Duho Choi fight that he got like five take takedowns. But his his accuracy is low. His defense is low. He'll throw up some subs. Um, I just uh, you know I don't think he's good, man. After a few minutes, he's he's pretty he's pretty much done. He'll he'll throw some body kicks, but he doesn't really know what he's doing on his back. Blake Builder, it seems like he's 
either the underdog or he's been hurt in a lot of his regional seed fights. Uh, he has a split draw to a three and three guy. So I don't, I don't think he's the best in the world. Three inches shorter, three uh, inches of reach disadvantage. He's 32. So he's not this big prospect, right? He only fought in CFFC twice. I think he might have been, you know, maybe they thought he wasn't, wasn't legit. He's a slow starter. Um, I've seen him before. Low kicks do bother him. Uh, he does have some subs though. He does have Alex Morgan on the regional scene. That was a nice sub. I think he dropped him into a sub, if I remember correctly. Um, so he's tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick him, but I'm not gonna take any kind of bet. If I were to take anything, I think it would be uh, Blake Builder by sub, which I don't know what the line is, but I think that would be something I would look at. Uh, plus two hundred, so that's not bad. I, it could be something I I consider if I'm up at the time, uh, but it's at the beginning of the card, so I probably won't be. Uh, but yeah, I think he wins. You think you, you have Blake? Is that what you said? Yeah, I got Blake. I'm not gonna bet. Not gonna it, bet it though. But I do. I do have him winning. I don't blame you. I'm not gonna take anything here. I, I just. I don't like it. So I'm not. I'm gonna keep yeah. it moving. How about David Dvorak and Steve Erseg? Astro Boy. This seems like a very weird um, matchup. I don't know. It seems like. I mean, what is David Dvorak on on Tapology's ranked number twelve? And this other guy. The Undertaker. This other guy has. It seems like never fought outside of Australia. So uh, I don't yeah, he was know what supposed to, think. to He was supposed to fight Clayton Carpenter. Uh, what's his name? A couple times. He was yeah. supposed to fight him in the UFC and on the Contender Series. So, you know, some visa issues happened. I saw him fight this uh, this Paul Loga guy. and You know, he, he wasn't getting the best competition. He fought him twice, even. Knocked him out and then subbed him. So <laughs> that's, you know, kind of padding your stats, if you will. Um, and then he obviously took care of Shannon Ross like he should have. But um, yeah, I watched him fight a little bit. Steve Ursag, he is, um, he's four years younger. He's four inches taller, and he, they have a similar reach. He's got that tall man defense, man. We see it all the time. I, it's just so it's so hard to to overcome, man. You know, he's it's just so easy to hit him. Um, and David Dvorak, I don't know what to think about him. Um, his nickname is the Undertaker because he used to be a grave digger. Fun fact. Um, he'd be who'd he be? Mr. Was it Silva? Was it Bruno Blindado? Beat Bruno Silva on short notice. He moves a lot. He, he it seems like he's more movement than anything else. But um, so you know, kind of low volume. He's a little bit too patient, but he does like kick. Does like the low kicks. Likes to close distance and clinch. Um, throw some overhands. He uh, he took a, he took some shots from Manel Cop. He he endured a lot in that Manel Cop fight. He also fucked his shoulder up in a Kimura, I think, in the first round. Uh, he got dropped by him too. And he, he was able to, you know, go the distance. I just, I see his two losses, and they were both the top, top 10-ish guys at flyweight, right? Manel Kopp and Mateus Nicolau. Um, his wins aren't great. Jordan Espinosa, Bruno Silva, and Juan Camilo Ronderos. That guy was like 2-0. Uh, um, but I just, I don't see it with Steve Ursig. I, I really don't. Um, the line is, I'm not sure what it is. Plus, it's plus 210 for inside the distance, if that's what you're uh, wondering. So I think Dvorak could be a parlay piece. He also could, you know, maybe this is a good, maybe this is a sneaky upset pick. I don't know. Um, I like him as a parlay piece mostly, but I got to take something on the card because I can't run the parlay on I, here. I'm gonna I'm gonna add that Blake Builder by sub to the record. So wow. Scratch that down. Um, I, I I was like, you know what? I want to take something in these fights, but I, I I'm just not taking enough action. I got David Dvorak. Uh, probably a decision. Uh, I think he's going to do really well with those low kicks. Are you taking um, that? T-verse? Uh, no, I'm going to keep that off. That's why I want to add 
the um, Mr. Builder, Blake the Builder. Uh, Ursaic does have some good kicks to keep distance. Does have some sneaky power. Uh, he's been taken down, even though he has good subs. So it's kind of a weird. It, it could, I wouldn't be surprised if he won. I guess is 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 my thing. He's kind of like the sneaky guy on this card. I'm gonna stay away again. Like I said, I'm you know I'm not trusting either of these fellas. Um, but yeah, that's my it's uh, my uh, prediction. Smart man. Smart, smart. No, I wouldn't man. go that far. But. So we have what? Two more? One more? One more? I believe one. One more, ladies and gentlemen. The monkey queen. First Come fight on. you're gonna see Maria Oliveira getting in there against Diana Belbita, the warrior princess. Spider girls are nicknamed. Who just took an girl. L That's to just... Gloria De Paula? Liana Joshua also subbed her. Molly McCann, <laughs> not good name. She has a win against Hannah Goldie. Not good names, like you said. Yeah, so uh, I guess the question is, Ty, why is Maria Oliveira the underdog? I think it's a good, it's good, uh, it's a good question. I think it might be Styles. I think they're both twenty six. I think Maria Oliveira is wild, very yeah. wild. She's a little too wild. You know, she calls herself Spider Girl. Um, she's been finished. Uh, she's been knocked out. She's been subbed. She's been decisioned. Um, we saw that Vanessa Demont. I mean, listen, she almost lost. She almost lost that Gloria de Pablo fight. I think there's some people who did have her winning that fight. I could, you know, I, I don't really remember that too, too well. Uh, but she's probably best known for her contender series stunt when she fought Maria Marina Rodriguez, and she just absolutely she turned her back completely to her against the cage. She was ready for that to end, and she was not ready for it to begin. So Diana Belbita, you know, she. <laughs> I, I don't want to sit up here and try to defend any of her losses, right? Uh, she's one and three in the UFC, and but the thing I, the thing about her I will say is I love her volume and pretty much all of her fights very high volume, um, eighty or more significant strikes landed in all three of the four fights besides the JoJo fight, but that was a quick, quick, uh, quick loss. She got a takedown that led to that armbar. I just think that's you know she's kind of made some rookie mistakes. Her debut against Molly McCann that's that's a tough debut. She even took Molly McCann down. Uh, and was doing some pretty good work on the feet. The problem I have with Maria Oliveira, this is a big problem I have with her, is uh, just her striking mechanics. You know, I don't, I don't think not, not necessarily the Warrior Princess is you know Floyd Mayweather, but Maria Oliveira kind of like shot puts her punches, if that makes sense. Like she just kind of like pushes, you know, mm -hmm. she pushes and then she um, swings very wildly, and that's why she gets taken down. I mean, Tabitha Ritchie five times, Marina Rodriguez even took her down. Like she doesn't even try to take people down because she knows she can't. Gloria De Paula twice, Vanessa Demopoulos twice. Her takedown defense, forty-seven percent. Her takedown offense, fifty-five percent. Diana Belbita is about fifty accuracy, fifty offensively, and sixty-eight percent defensively. I got uh, Diana Belbita here. I'm going to take her money line. Uh, it seems like it's kind of close to a a pick'em ish with a slight lean to Diana. Um, they're both one and three in the UFC. <laughs> so, uh, and they're both twenty-six. You know, they both have close-ish to a uh, – their striking ratios are close to being negative. So it's honestly a very, very, you know, who the fuck knows kind of fight. I like Diana Belbita better. It's not because she's, you know, got a better Instagram. But uh, I saw somebody say Maria Oliveira uh, doesn't train much or doesn't train hard or doesn't train at all. Maybe not at all, but doesn't train much. Um, so that could be something, to, you know, to look at here. She, she's just too wild. She's too wild. I don't like any of her mechanics. And then you got to factor in her takedown defense is not good. I, I got Deanna Belbita here. I think she's going to win a unanimous decision. 
Uh, maybe maybe even get her out there late. I'm not too sure about that. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on that. But I got um, Diana Belbita, the Warrior Princess, to beat Spider Girl. Uh, I'm not sure what I, odds we can get, but you got minus like one ten on the sheet from Diana Belbita. I am taking Mar- Maria Oliveira money wow. line plus one hundred. I love this. I'm yeah. starting this card off. With this fight and me and you are on opposite sides, I think that's perfect. Yep. One of us is going to be pissed, but we're also going to tell the other, like, hey, you know, hey, uh, that was I a great got, pick. I I'm got so idiot. lucky. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I'm the fucking idiot here. Or it's a draw, and we both hate our life, which I would also laugh at. Maybe plus fire in a little draw there, plus 6,600, <laughs> if you would like to dabble. You know how I feel about that. You know how I feel about that. But um, I think, you know, uh, I might do um, an underdog or a prize picks card here. I kind of want to take Diana Belbita's uh, takedown. So, if you are looking for some underdog plays, or uh, some prize picks plays, or some FanDuel plays, whatever it is, uh, I think Diana Belbita could be a good a good option, just because of the volume, man. I, I, it's something you don't see in a lot of women, especially a lot of women fighters that you would consider not very good, bum, fraud, you know, shit like that. Yeah. But they put a lot of volume. Like, H- Hannah Goldie does not put out volume. Um, she did an that fight against Diana Belbita, which it was isn't great, but there, there's just a lot of chicks who don't put out high volume. I mean, Marina Rodriguez a lot of times doesn't. So, uh, same thing with Rose. Look at Rose Namajunas. So, at the very least, I like Diana Belbita's, um, she can get takedowns and she has high volume. I think that alone, it, it might only take that for her to be the, the victor here. So, bring me home. I like, uh, like a, a couple of these, like, Dvorak. Uh, Maverick, Imovov, like as a lower uh, part of that, and maybe like Nunez and, and you know, uh, Ige, something like that. Like you could do you even throw like a, a nice We should lock in a parlay. You want to? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's oh, do Dan Ige just went for. Oh, oh a lot of these odds just changed right in front of my eyes on Bovada. Oh yeah. Wow. That's how Damn, we do it. Dan Ige went from two fifty to two seventy five. Big money coming in. Big. All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cook up something. I'm gonna put. Nunez, Ige, Maverick, um, Div- uh, Nunez, Ige, Dvorak. I think I might do. Yeah, I'm gonna do Maverick, Ige, Nunez. Three plays. Yours is three. What's yours? Mine's plus one thirty six. Now we gotta we gotta put some more in there, man. Come on, put some more. Okay. Some more I mean, I, I all it takes is one. Right, I'm just trying to get plus money. Put fifty on it to win sixty. Right, so, uh, you know, something so, small. I guess. Uh, yes, you're right then. Nunez. I do like Dvorak though. I could add him. No, I'm gonna stick to. Uh, what about Imovov? You got me fucked up. You got me fucked up here. Is the problem? Nunez. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay with my guns. Imovov. Ige. And. Dvorak. All right. That's what, we got what I that? want. I don't know. I have to. I'm trying to fire up a nice. Um, get my. My I got wedding. Maverick. Oh, and put Nunez. Maverick in there for me, too, as well. Yeah, yeah. Come on. You got to do that. Maverick, Ige, Nunez, plus 135. I'm going to lock that in as a three-legger. Three it might be a little boring. It might be, you know, minus a couple, almost 300 favorites. But I, I'm not doing this anymore where, uh, you know, I play a four or five-leg parlay, and I get lucky with one close to even money odds pick, and then I get fucked over with a big favor. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing it. After last week, I had a four, le- I had two four leggers that just missed. Not doing it. So lock that bitch in for me. I'm gonna put a unit on it, and uh, we shall get rich. On Fanduel, I am currently putting together Cooking my masterpiece to see 
how much money I can rob them of. Uh, we got Imovov in here. We got Miranda Maverick in here. So I got a five-legger cooked up at four, 410. We're rounding down to 410. And you have one at plus 135, Nunez, Maverick, and Ige, if I have that correctly. Yep. And yep. Uh, I have Nunez, Ige, Imovov, Maverick, and Dvorak. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. First ever parlays added to the uh, to the pod because we are not pussy, as we like to tell you guys all the time. Is there any boxing this weekend that I should keep notice of? I believe Tiafimo is getting in there. Yeah, Teofimo Lopez, Josh Taylor. The last I saw, Josh Taylor was kind of a slight under, uh, slight favorite, like minus one seventy. It could have changed, but that that in MMA terms might as well be a pick 'em, right? Yeah. Uh, the undercard in that fight, not great. Not great at all. Uh, Bruce Carrington, they call him Shushu. He's been on a lot of prelims. I've talked about him a couple times. Young kid from uh, New York. He'll be on this card. He's at 126. Just my favorite division ever, man. They just breed monsters. Uh, but Teofimo, Josh Taylor, man, I don't know. Both guys, like, it's kind of a crossroads fight. I think Teofimo is, let's see, 25, man. He's. I feel like I've been watching him for a while. His last fight was so underwhelming against Sandor Martin. It was a split. Maybe he could have lost. Uh, he lost to George Cambosos, who is just uh, – he's not it. But that was right after he beat he, – he, he taught Vasily Lomachenko a vet lesson, which was just fucking crazy to see, honestly. Like, <laughs> but he's kind of fallen off. He's been doubting himself, right? He's, you know, do I still got it is what he said. The Tartan Tornado, the Tartan Tornado Josh Taylor, he's 32. Uh, but, you know, he's undefeated. But his last fight against Jack Catterall, that was not – he did not win that fight. He did not win that fight, um, but but you know it's boxing. It's boxing. It's it's very you know whoever no has the promotional push more, uh, worked up over it. Whoever has the promotional push is going to win, and it just kind of is what it is. But I, I got Josh Taylor here, man. I see a lot of people on Teo. Uh, I don't think so. I think Josh Taylor's just. I trust him more. He's in a better state, uh, a better place. Uh, Teo Fimo Lopez truly, truly unpredictable. I mean, he's coming out here saying that PBC is giving black fighters promotional push and not him. And he deserves it more than all the black fighters. Just saying things that I don't, uh, I don't quite get. Um, ever since he wore that Joe Burrow Heisman, uh, the Joe Burrow Jersey on the night of the Heisman, it's been downhill from there. So <laughs> it's gonna be a good fight though, man. It's gonna be a really good fight. Honestly, if Teo, you know, if he's at 95, 90%, it's gonna be a really good fight. So other than that, I think that might be it. I have to check this, the schedule. Um, oh, Jaime Munguia and Sergey Derevyanchenko. Very tough name to say. They are fighting um, on DAZN in Ontario, California. Didn't know that was a place. Hope there's not smoke there. Shane Mosley Jr. is on the undercard in that fight. He's not very good, but, you know, something. So there's some decent boxing. There you go. So, Hot Take Hot Box Solar Strikes MMA Podcast, man. UFC 289. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. I, we, we will. not, And I will. Be back next week. We will talk about everything that happens. Hopefully, in Amanda Nunez, easy inside the distance to cash us all out at the end of the night. Uh, Hell yeah. Though there's not a ton of uh, value in that uh, play necessarily. There is a lot of value throughout this car, and we have some big plays here. So I think we're gonna. I think it's gonna be a good night on Saturday night. Hope you all enjoy the fights, Ty. As always, give the people what they want. Diana Bell beat a money line, baby. Let's go. All right, baby. Let's go. Uh, see you all next week. Peace.